0: In this week's episode of The Stack, we talk more about the upcoming Inbound 2019 conference in Boston and other news about video and device preference. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Stack. I am your host today because Sean is in Boston. I'm Ryan Sylvester.
1: I'm Kelsey Miller.
2: Oh, I guess I'm Tim Staberski today. (laughs) Kelsey
0: is with us this time. Um, Sean has headed up to Boston
1: to prepare for his
0: exciting two,
1: yeah, two, um, not lectures, uh,
0: two part. It's not even a parter. No, two different sessions. Speaking engagement. Two speaking engagements
1: at inbound. Thank you. Yeah. um, So he's preparing today. First, the first one's tomorrow, and then the, the the second showing is uh on Thursday. He
0: was so good they gave him two showings. An yeah. encore. Encore <laughs> session, yeah. yeah. So pretty pumped, I'm sure he's nervous, but I think he's already up there. He was yeah, sending oh, yeah. He, yeah. Is. Yeah. he, he was has sending some, some, some pictures, yeah, behind the, the scenes. scenes
1: shots of um other <laughs> people preparing for yeah. their their own lectures.
0: How's the week going, guys?
2: Uh
1: it's short.
2: Very short. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah long holiday weekend. I enjoyed it though. I slept a lot.
2: It was nice and relaxed for me, which was good.
0: Good.
1: I also slept a lot.
0: Good. (laughs) Yeah. So like last week and I think the week before we were talking about the inbound conference and Kelsey is on today, not only because she's going, but she is going to be going to some interesting sessions and figured we would talk about a few more that she's interested in going to. And maybe you give us a little insight into what those are.
2: Yeah, so this is my first inbound. I'm really, really excited to go. I I keep forgetting that. Yeah. It's big for me. So I picked out two sessions that I'm really excited for. Both of them happen to be on Friday this year. So the first one is called The Struggle is Real, Engaging Gen Z. And the speakers are Amy Emmerich, Loris McMillian, and Serena Kerrigan. Three. So There's three speakers? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a big deal. How long is Um, the block? it's only 45 minutes Really? Yeah. okay yeah but the reason I'm so excited for this one is because um obviously you guys know we work with a lot of um higher education clients mm-hmm. and gen Z is coming of age currently and will be for the next few years so they're kind of different than other demographics that <laughs> we've seen in the past so um
1: youthful and full of what what year is extension. gen Z uh they're I, technically like born like 90. Five
2: through. I looked it up. It was ninety-five through twenty-fifteen.
1: You're a Gen Zer. I think so. Technically,
2: yeah. I'm a Gen Zer, but personally, I identify more as uh, not Gen Z. A millennial. <laughs> yeah.
1: You you all disgust Wait, me. No, it's
2: it's
0: millennial and then Gen Z. If we're going in order, right?
1: Yeah. I knew there was something off about the both of you. Okay. Well, yeah. take it easy.
0: Well, okay.
2: <laughs> Get this though. So (laughs) I graduated from college recently and in a bunch of my electives that had like underclassmen in them who were like full blown Gen Zers, Mm -hmm. I cannot relate to them. I really can't. It's like a cutoff. It's just, they're, they're much different.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's (laughs) true even for like, as a generation starts to age in general, like. Marketing, technology, ways to attract other people like is changing. But I think, especially coming like up now, like Gen Z is going to be, I think, one of the hardest generations to get in touch with.
2: Absolutely. And one of the big things with this generation is that they've grown up with all of this technology that we were kind of, I don't know, I I got it in kind of like middle school age. Yeah. I don't know about you guys.
0: Tim had a typewriter.
2: So I
1: did have actually have a typewriter. My very first um, computer was actually just a typewriter that I had to type middle school papers on, <laughs> and making a mistake sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say. Um, no, so I grew up with a landline. Um, Me too. Like with the the twisty yep. the twisty line. Um, I got my first cell phone, which was a Motorola Razor.
0: Nice. In
1: mm-hmm. My senior year of high school, I had my first smartphone three years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because who needs to be connected to the internet at all times? Not I, said I. <laughs> but Jeez. I
0: think, like, Gen Z kids, like you said, have grown up with technology. Like, they're yeah. better at spotting ads. Like, they're better yeah. at knowing what's good content. Like, they, they expect more than some, my parents. Some of them. Some of them, but.
1: Yeah. I also know, I I, I do know some Gen Zers who kind of blindly just trust things that shocks me. Yeah. Do, so it, it there are some Gen Zers who are like 60-year-olds who get on Facebook for the first time. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
0: I guess.
2: I guess so. So anyway, I'm excited for this um session because I think it's going to shed some light on how to actually engage with this generation because clearly I'm out of touch with them. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. The next one that I'm really excited for is actually right after that previous session. So it's at noon on Friday. And this one's called Link Building Isn't Dead Yet, The Most Important SEO Strategy in 2019 That We Can't Ignore. And this one's by Dale Bertrand um, of Fire and Spark. So the reason I'm interested in this one is I spent a lot of time working on link outreach campaigns for several of our clients. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you firsthand how frustrating it can be. Um, There's a lot of work that goes into it, and sometimes it can go without reward. So I'm really interested to learn more about some of these new techniques that we can employ. Maybe Um, we'll have
0: like a golden nugget of information that we can bring back.
2: I really hope so.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Like, There's so many. I will say, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm skeptical of this one. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think anything that promises, well, for sure. yeah. I, but yeah. I do think yeah. it's worth attending for sure. But I, I, there are so many roundups like you know, yeah. twelve link building techniques that are guarantee you, know, whatever. But that's oh, cool.
2: Well, it's, no. In the same breath, like as someone who's been super frustrated by it, I am yeah. a little bit skeptical. But that's yeah. why I'm excited to yeah. see if they bring yeah. up something new.
0: Do they? Does? Do you say was it he or she? Who? Who's Dale the, Bertrand? He, does he yeah. allude to like the technique in the description of the session at all?
2: Um, not so much the technique, but why it's important to gotcha. focus on link building and, um, you know, what high quality inbound links can do for a web page, mm-hmm. which, you know, we certainly are well aware of in our work today.
0: Totally. Um, that's cool. Uh, yeah. If if anyone is going and you're interested in either of those things, you should definitely sign up. Is there a standby? Or is it standby only? Or are there still spots open for those?
2: Um, It looks like there's still spots open for both of these. Cool. I think.
0: Unlike those, Sean's is standby only. So if you want to get into his session Wednesday and Thursday, I believe it's at 1.15. Um, I'll double check that in a second. But um, standby only. Definitely check it out. And, I mean,
1: if you can't get in, there's probably something that we can do to get you the slides after the fact. Um, If you maybe, I don't know, leave us a review, give us a like. (laughs) I mean, I'm wink, sure, wink, nod, Yeah, sure, pretty sure they're public, anyways. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, um, I'm gonna look up this session right here. Make sure I got the times right. Yeah. So,
1: um, the first session is Wednesday, September 4th, from 1:15 to 2 p.m. And,
0: um,
1: and the second session will, the encore session, will be, um, also at 1:15 okay. on Thursday, September 5th. Um, so 45 minutes each. They will be pretty fast. Minutes because with twenty one twenty yeah, with twenty-one workflows to go through, that's less than two minutes each, plus Sean's intro and outro. So go fully caffeinated and be ready to <laughs> be ready to learn.
0: Yeah. So yeah, if you have any other questions about inbound or, you know, need a friend when you're there, we'll meet up, tweet <laughs> us, or uh, you know, just try to get in touch with us. We'll be there hanging out. Tim and I will be in the what is it called? Like the main room? I
1: think it's the lounge. Yeah,
0: the main lounge. Called. Pretty much every day, all day. So come and say hey. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Moving on.
1: What's the next one? Uh, the next one is an article oh. by or article study something by Kate Moran and Kim Flaherty. Flaherty, Flaherty, whatever. Um, by the Nielsen Norman Group. Uh, and titled "Large Devices Preferred for Most Important," uh, large devices preferred for important tasks, um, and the you know the general takeaway of of the study is, despite substantial improvements in mobile user experience over the past decade, people still tend to do their most important online activities on larger screens, and that's really important for a lot of sort of like um, you know B two B companies and and just other other businesses that focus on products goods and services that have sort of these higher price tags um you know customers do a lot of research on mobile it's just the way of the world now i mean i hardly ever take out my laptop anymore if i'm home laying in bed i'm doing research online i'm
0: the opposite Really? I kind of agree with Tim here. Always I'm if if I'm my laptop or my
1: phone any day. If Mm. I am laying in bed, I'm not gonna grab my laptop. Yeah. Unless I'm doing work. Unless I'm doing something important. If I'm there we go. If I'm doing something important, I don't want to have my my phone as my primary mode of research, primarily because I'm I'm a tabber. I I will open (laughs) Thirty yeah. tabs. If yep. I'm trying to make a decision, if I'm if I'm comparing things here and there, uh, if I'm trying to get to the bottom of, of something tricky, that's really hard to do if you have a phone. Honestly, I've never had more than three tabs open on on my phone, like a browser. I don't know that my phone could handle more than three tabs <laughs> before crashing. And you know, this study just kind of goes to prove that that's largely um, true across the board for those bigger more important decisions. Um, if yeah. you're just picking, like, the best, I don't know, dog kibble, you'll probably be fine, and your customers will probably be fine um, doing a, a search on the fly in the aisle of the store and it, be happy with it. Yeah. I'm going to keep cutting Ryan off because okay, that's ahead. what I'm doing. <laughs> no, it's over to you, Ryan. The, the other
0: thing that I was just going to say, kind of going back to this B2B, like, larger, I, I think of this as, like, more maybe – manufacturing, I, I, I really picture a lumber yard with a terrible website that is a mobile friendly. And I think like if you're going to make a big purchase, like let's say you're going to go and buy a big slab of like, I don't know, whatever, and you want to build like a big table and you're going to spend thousands of dollars on a wood
1: slab. Go. Ahead. I can relate to this analogy. Sorry, this is like, <laughs>
0: I'm looking for a wood slab at the moment. So that makes sense. Um, But like I was, I was looking for that the other day. The website is terrible. I couldn't find it on my phone if I'm going to spend thousands of dollars. Maybe not thousands, but like even a couple Jeez, hundred
1: expensive. Yeah, what? no.
0: Uh, like a couple hundred bucks. Like Amazon is very familiar. It's very mobile friendly. If I'm going to be making a large purchase, I want to feel like the website is safe. And when I have a broken website or it's not mobile friendly, it's not resizing properly, it doesn't make me feel very comfortable. So, I'm either going to for sure not make that purchase. Do it when I get home. Wait. Maybe I'll forget about it. Maybe you lose that sale, or maybe I go with someone else because I like their website better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wait. Either waiting to go into a laptop, that that time period might deter the customer from making that purchase at all. If we're talking strictly making a purchase on yeah. a website. No,
1: but. I I agree. I think um that's probably at this point in the, in the game, um me totally making an offhand remark without anything to back it up. I think that that is lar- more more likely to be a problem for um, established businesses who already have a website like from five ten years ago um, who kind of just let it linger. Yeah, like a newer business today that's starting up and building their own web- like building a- whether they're they're buying a website or they're building it themselves. Um, at this point, it's kind of you know a a good mobile functionality is kind of built in. You kind of just expect it. Um, it's it's more those businesses that have been around for a decade, been around for two decades, who are just kind of putting it off or who are slow on the on the um, the transition. They're the ones that have, in my opinion, the worst mobile experiences. Which I frankly, I'm the same way. I, I avoid making those purchases because they don't seem safe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat>
0: Yeah. So I guess that's kind of a good segue, like feeling safe, feeling confident. Um, This kind of slides into our third article here, which is titled Three Unexpected Ways Shoppers Turn to Video in the Store Aisle. This is by Stephanie Kumar, thinkwithgoogle.com, think with google.com. And it talks about how videos are a virtual shopping list. So uh, videos can help you. Like, let's say I have another example my wife and I are in the process of buying a house and I need to put in new wood floors. Like I, I can also
1: relate to this analogy.
0: I have been <laughs> researching videos on how to put floors in, but the videos gave me everything I needed. So I, I knew exactly what materials I needed mm-hmm. and it gave me like, oh, this seems easy enough that I can do it. Second example. To yesterday, I had to replace the brakes on her car <laughs> and my stepdad and I sat down and watched a five-minute video on how to do it and saved ourselves
1: so but you had to do it three times I did have to do three times (laughs) well
2: that's besides my point point. (laughs) okay all
1: right
0: but no I I I think that no I people are more and more like oh that's a that is a great use case like if I can save $500 yeah why like why would I take a car to the shop when I could do
1: it in a garage anytime I sit down to do anything new Mm -hmm. at this point I'm watching a video yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean even if it would Only be, you know, a twenty dollar expense. You know, like it doesn't even matter to me the expense at this point. I'm just, it's part of my process.
0: But I think this this is really closing the gap between consideration and decision stage. If we're talking about the buyer's journey, like myself, if I think, hey, I'm considering putting in a wood floor, and I look up a video, it's going to quickly give me a list. It's quickly going to give me the confidence and you better be there if i'm trying to pick to, between different types of wood flooring mm-hmm. i know if i know that i can do it you better be there to present your products because i'm quickly just going to go with whatever's in the video so i think that this this whole turning to video for shopping and confidence stuff is really going to narrow that gap and become you know ad space on youtube make it more competitive and all that all that different stuff yeah. but it was definitely interesting
1: yeah, it's it's an interesting um, study that, that that they did, a um, lot of cool takeaways. And, yeah, like Ryan said, it's, it sort of just speaks to the importance of video at each of those stages of the buyer's journey, um, whether it's awareness where you're just trying to figure things out or consideration or, you know, if, for example, I'm reading a blurb here right now um, where video is often used as a tiebreaker when someone's actually yeah. in the store trying to choose between two brands. Turning to a, a YouTube review or turning to um, you know a blog that has a has a video review, um, it can really influence all the stages. Which is you know one more reason why we're happy that our clients are listening to us as we're we're encouraging them to pursue more and more video, um, and that'll only grow. Yeah. Coming mm-hmm. years.
0: I want to read this one this little paragraph here because I I. I will be honest, I didn't read this paragraph, but it kind of, (laughs) it says what I just said better. So it says, while shoppers love to watch authentic reviews from creators, there's an important role for marketers to play as well. Think of ways your brand can show up to meet these in-the-moment needs, whether it's uh, through ads that spark ideas and inspiration or through more in-depth content to answer questions and help people along their path to purchase. So it kind of just speaks more, but it says it in a more (laughs) concise, a little little more concise. A little better. Um, Cool. Yeah.
1: All right. What's app, app of the week. app of the week? This is um, over to Kelsey for the app yeah. of the week, something she uses as, I don't want to say as a part of her daily process,
2: but, no, pretty, but pretty regularly. No, but it's important. Um, so remember a few minutes ago when I talked about link building? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Well, this plays a big role in that for me. It's called Hunter.io, and it's both a Chrome extension, and you can just use it as the desktop version. But... What it does is it helps you find email addresses from an entire domain all in one go. So uh, one example of how I use this is if I come across a blog with maybe a couple broken links in there and I figure, oh, well, maybe we can replace this content for a client in here. Um, And I want to reach out to the author and see if they'll be willing to make that change. To do that, I'll type in the domain of whatever website or blog that I'm on into this tool, and it will give me a list of all of the email addresses associated with that domain. So this is really, really helpful in finding the email address for like an author, a contributor, anybody, basically anybody on the web. Um, With this being said, though, when you do reach out to people that you found their email address with this tool. You should probably also give some background into how you found them. Now, you don't necessarily want to say, I use this tool, hunter.io, to find your email address. But you might want to say, oh, I was browsing your blog. I came across this article. I noticed you have a broken link. Um, Maybe you could update that with this relevant source. Something along those lines.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's always tricky when you're using a secret tool. Yeah. Because yeah. You don't, you don't want to come across as creepy. Um, in the right. past, I've had some success uh, along the lines of like, you know, hey, I, I, I read this. I read your article. I thought it was really great. I wanted I wanted to reach out, and it was really hard to find your, your contact information. I hope this is the right email. Right. Um, right. And if it's not, you
0: know. No harm, no foul, I guess. Yeah, I'd,
1: yeah happy, I I'd, I'd be happy if you could forward it to the person. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, that works then people feel like oh you really
2: care exactly you You kind of have to establish trust here um but like i said this is really great for link building outreach or i mean there are tons of other applications that you can use it for um they do have a free version and then you can upgrade to um a paid version the free version gives you up to a hundred searches per month oh that's a lot though uh, yeah i've never hit the threshold to be honest so it's,
1: i think that the um the paid version is probably more for like let's say freelance or agency uh pr professionals
2: yeah yeah yep, yep.
1: but yeah i think it's safe mm-hmm. to say what kelsey would you say that hunter.io saves you like dozens of hours uh, a month
2: Sure, we'll say that. (laughs) I will say it definitely streamlines the process. Rather than like digging through a website for a long time, it's much easier to just find um, a list Mm. of associated emails for that domain.
1: Awesome. And the thing is, even if you were to sign up for the paid version, if I mean, you could just compile a list that one month and uh, work off of it as necessary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool.
1: Anyway, check it out.
0: Um, That brings us to the lightning round. Number one on the list is WordPress 5.3 will change how it blocks indexing. Did you read that?
1: I I glanced at it. It it sounds um, helpful. It isn't a gigantic change in how things currently operate, but we'll
0: see. Yeah, I'm just kind of skimming it right now, but... I'll I'll look into that. Yeah. Um, number two, Google tests capitalizing URLs of snippets in search results.
1: I saw this. I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, the biggest reason I can see behind it, if it was to make it into the general kind of scheme of things, is just that it makes it easier to see a brand. Like, you can, you can read a brand name in a URL if it happens to be a branded URL. Um, I don't know if it'll actually become the norm. I don't strongly either way yeah personally mm-hmm.
0: anyways uh number three now facebook says it may remove like counts i don't really care we heard
2: the yeah. same thing
1: with instagram a few months ago which yeah. has that happened no right?
2: not that i know no
0: yeah
1: i don't really care apparently apparently um like counts on social media are the largest contributing factor to like preteen depression yeah or
0: something i can see that there's a documentary yeah. on netflix that talks about that i I think you mentioned it to me, actually. Did I? I think so. I can't uh, remember what it's called. I'm not sure. I'll have to figure it out. Um, number four, Google, two waves of indexing less, wait, two waves of indexing less vital and going away.
1: Yeah, so this is something that Sean uh, talks about a lot, is the fact that, um, you know, Google will often, uh, when it's discovering a new site, it'll land on the site, it'll it'll do sort of one fast wave of crawling and rendering and indexing, and then for um more complicated sorts of site architectures more complicated functions there'll be the second wave that could come anywhere from hours to days to weeks later mm. um and that's sort of been the norm for i guess as long as google's been around um but that's becoming less important and less uh more or less it it'll, it'll, it will be going away this this two phase um Sean is pretty excited about it, so we might be talking about this again next week. Who knows? But for now, that's what we. Uh, that's what we
0: have. Cool. Uh, how long does it take for content marketing to work? A case study. I read the first big chunk of this one, uh, but it is a bear. So, but I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I think a lot of the times we are trying to convey the importance of content marketing and inbound marketing and how. Sometimes it does take a little while for things to catch on, so I I, I want to see what they have to say in here. Um, And cool. maybe it'll come up mm-hmm. again on a different show. Yeah. Last but not least, uh, Facebook rolls out new business tools for Messenger. Kills the Discover tab.
1: I haven't really dug into this, so I have nothing of value to offer.
0: But if you are worried about Facebook Discover, check it out. I'm going to look at it because there's a lot of Facebook manager business stuff that I'm... Mm-hmm. Part of so
1: yeah, sort of unrelated but kind of related. I watched a lot of Facebook TV. This week, I didn't even know that really? there was Facebook TV. I know yeah. there was Instagram TV. It's it's essentially like I watched an episode. So they they're bringing back Good Eats with Alton Brown. Oh I mean, like, yeah, Man. um, he's bald now. Okay, which I learned, but um, I watched a full thirty minute episode and it had it had commercial breaks like you would really try. yeah wow. it was kind of. It was interesting. I don't know that I liked it as much as I liked the shorter um videos, but yeah. you know I watched it. I
0: totally unrelated, but kind of related <laughs> to that um like YouTube TV, Hulu TV, all those like different TV. I I've never looked into those, but I pay a lot for cable and I never really watch it and I am I'm already using Hulu like Facebook stuff like that. Like I wonder if it's cost effective. I have no idea, but
1: Well, I mean Facebook is yeah. just on like it's for Facebook. free, but is yeah.
0: it is it only like short TV series? I, I watched
1: a thirty minute. I mean, oh. so it was. I mean, it was like a it was a full thirty minute cooking show. Oh. I don't know if they would have like Game of Thrones. Oh well, I no,
2: probably I not. But
1: uh, might not be worth looking Game into. Thrones, <laughs> yeah. it, uh, it surprised to me that you have cable. I don't know why.
0: They forced me to get it because I upgraded my uh, internet speed, yep. so oh, I had faster yeah. internet, and they're like, "Oh well, it comes with cable," and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> but I use on demand all the time because yeah. for free movie movies. Anyways, um, that anything else, guys?
2: That's it for me. I think that's it.
0: If you liked our show, please leave us a review. If you're going to inbound, please tweet us. You can find all of our Twitter handles on. I was say where should they tweet us, Ryan? Well, I'm just gonna say you can find all our Twitter handles on any of the past or present show notes. But current, current. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'd love to meet up and hang out and. We'll buy you a beer, Cause or
1: they're coffee. <laughs> because they're free. Because they're free.
0: They are free at the conference, so definitely meet up with us, and uh, we will share a libation. And that's all. We'll see you next week.